maybe I would just tell my own, like just mm -hmm. write a little memoir about how to pretend you're a writer, <laughs> how to just kind of go for it and see what happens. And, um, uh, maybe that connects with someone and maybe that's encouraging. Maybe it's not, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I like to write stories that have truth in it, but also a lot of fiction and fantasy mixed in between and, but with hopefully an overall message that like, wh what do you want and how do you get it? And what is the cost of, of getting those things? From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome, storytellers. I am your host, Dan. I am your guide. I am your librarian. I'm the, the bookstore uh, owner. I am the person bringing you through this story. It's because I love sharing stories and sharing the stories of storytellers that I admire, those that I'm just getting to know along with you, and those that we all know. And today, I'm excited to bring you a new storyteller that I'm just getting to know right alongside you. So we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we get there, uh, go to the website for everything you need, thestorytellersnetwork.com, for past interviews, for resources to help you tell your story better. It's all there. Contact information for me as well if you want to reach out to me and tell me to shut up and let the storytellers talk. Uh, that's all at thestorytellersnetwork.com. Now for the show. Autumn Lindsay lives with her husband and three kids in a deep, dark, magical forest She's fluent in typo and fueled by caffeine. She writes women's fiction with characters that bite, she says. What a great, man, I had to read that just because it was such a great intro. She's also the founder of Writer Moms, Inc., which we talk about in our conversation. So if you happen to be a writer mom, or as she says, a writer dad too, they've got room for us dads that write. Uh, if you're in search of community and support, check out Writer Moms, Inc. That's in the show notes. Uh, she'd love to have you join. So. Let's get to the stories. Autumn Lindsay, welcome to the Storytellers Network. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So uh, on, I love on your website how the header has your name and then underneath it, it just says author. So obviously you're an <laughs> author. Uh, are you a storyteller too? Are they the same thing? Are they different? What do you consider yourself? I would consider myself a storyteller, yes. Um, I think author is one of the uh, many platforms that storytellers can kind of channel that through. Um, there's definitely a lot of different ways that you can go about that, but uh, currently I am using author as my form. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What other platforms do you like then as storyteller? Um, well, I started out in screenwriting. Um, I haven't really done much with that, but my husband, um, he was a film major and uh, so I kind of secondhand learned all the little screenwriting techniques and things like that. And um, before I wrote novels, I um, dabbled in some screenplays with him. And then from there, it kind of jump-started this, oh, this might be fun. Maybe I'll do a book. Mm -hmm. yeah. So as a storyteller, what is the difference between those two things? Why choose one over the other? 
Um, mostly because the idea I had, which is the book that I had recently um, published, um, it was a very uh, big thinking, big idea. And I was like, what if, what if there's this story about a mom who goes on vacation for the first time in a long time and her plane crashes and she dies, but she doesn't die. And uh, my husband was it's very like, specific, what? by the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and my husband's like, you know what? That sounds like a great uh, movie, but that also sounds very expensive. And the likeliness of you who, you know, someone who hasn't written like any big screenplays, getting that picked up is very, it's hard to do. It's, it's big. It's a big thing. Um, and then to like make that movie yourself, that's near impossible because I don't have the finances to do that. So he said, why don't you write a book? And I said, Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, and to me, like I actually use screen writing techniques, uh, as my outlining format, because I kind of feel like with a screenplay or a movie, the, the screenplay is like a backbone of a novel. You kind of have all your basic notes there, your basic stories there, and then you become the director, the actors, the sound design, the setting, like all of it. You fill that in yourself as a writer. Interesting. Um, so, the, so would you say that it'd be like would advice that you would give other authors would be to look at screenwriting as a tool to learn from? Like there's crossover there? There's definitely crossover, at least that I found. Um, there's definitely many ways that you can outline a novel or not. Some people don't outline. Sure. Um, there's many different ways to go about it, but I do believe that story in itself has kind of basic underlying structures. Whether we want to follow a structure or not, we kind of tend to beginning, middle, end. You have things that happen in between. You have a rise and a fall of action and and just those those things that keep your story propelling forward and keep it interesting. And I, I think um, for myself, I like to watch movies. I like to watch TV. So it connected with me of what uh, I'm a very visual learner. I'm a very visual person. So for me to see my story as a movie helped me write it. So I, that's, I think why the screenwriting formatting tended to click with me versus mm -hmm. um, maybe safe cat or uh, some of the other um kind of outlining things people tend to to go towards that are more novel specific. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so Adam, have you always been a storyteller? No, I don't think so. Not, um, not in the very literal sense of writing books. Um, mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed reading and I've always enjoyed um, kind of dabbling and little poems and things like that. But it really wasn't until about five, six years ago that I got that bug to actually start mm -hmm. writing. Right yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can look back over my life and see poetry. Um, I tried to be a songwriter at one time. <laughs> like, I'm not a singer, um, but I've always felt like, like there's story in me. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate to be able to pull that out and use it in different aspects of my career. Um, in addition to being an author and having that storyteller in you now and, and seeing that, are there other outlets for you? Do you use that in, or like as being an author, what is your job now, I guess? Hmm. Well, it's definitely not my job. I don't make much money off of it <laughs> at all, actually. <laughs> I fair. probably spent far more money on this book than I've ever made. Um, mm. But I, I consider it my, um, my writing school right mm. now. Um, it's my learning process, even from um, like just writing it to publishing it, to unpublishing it, to now self-publishing it. It's been just this huge learning course. Um, 
So I figure it's a little cheaper than university. So I'll go for it. Um, uh, Yeah, but I don't, it's definitely, I don't know. It's an outlet for me more than a job. Um, Mm. I think it helps me kind of understand myself. Um, The book I wrote has a lot to do with motherhood and processing through becoming something different, even though you're still you, you become something so different when you become a parent. And I think that can translate to any big life change in somebody's life. And then, so for me, that was becoming a mom. I had three kids very close together in a very short amount of time and Mm. kind of felt like a whirlwind. Um, And then you kind of end up with that aftermath as they start getting older, like, wait, I'm a mom, but I'm still this autumn that I was before, but I don't do the same things I did before. Like, why not? And kind of Mm -hmm. processing through that. And then that's kind of how my uh, character was uh, born from that. So it was like my therapy slash creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why. (laughs) That's really cool. That is a great way to look at it. I love that. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your book. I'll get into some other questions too, but I want to hear more about remaining Eileen. Um, Give listeners just a little bit of a, what is this book about for us? Um, So the very short is it's a book about a mom that becomes a vampire. Um, And part of the inspiration behind this was watching Twilight movies. I watched the movies first. I avoided Mm -hmm. the books for a really long time. When they (laughs) first came out, I was like, oh, I'm way too old for these books. And uh, that's like a young kid thing. And I kind of avoided it. And then it wasn't until I was pregnant with my third kid. And it was near the end of my pregnancy because I was tired and just, I was done. And I remember (laughs) watching Twilight um, because of a TV show episode that was kind of, they weren't making fun of Twilight, but they kept talking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I want to watch this now. So I see the movie and I was, something struck me as like, oh my gosh, like how have I not seen this? It's not, I mean, it's, I don't even know how to explain how or why it connected with me. But when we got and I got to like the last movies, um, the final movie wasn't out yet. And so then I was like, oh, I have to get these books. Mm. So I binge read all the books because I needed to know what happened. And there was something in, um, kind of the end of the story of the saga where uh, Bella becomes a mom. And I just thought, man, to be a vampire and a mom, there's so many almost positive sides to that, like not sleeping. You can protect your children from anything. Like you're never going something, nothing will ever happen to you that you can't be there for your child. Mm. But then I started, mm. so that that book started out, the one I wrote is started out kind of this chick lit fun thing. And then I realized, no, this is dark. Like, yes, you can protect your kids, but you also might literally want to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. So so how do you struggle with that inner monster that is now a part of yourself um, while still being the mom you want to be and being there for your kids? So there was something I felt that was so true to the parenting experience that I just I had to explore that through the story and through this character, um, Eileen. So it, the whole book is just her, she gets thrown into this life. She, she didn't even know existed, um, after a plane crash accident and all she wants is to go back to her family and go back to normal. Just she, she'll take that, those sleepless nights and, and exhausting days just to, um, be mom again for her family, but she's not, she's someone different. And how does she reconcile that? How does she be a mom and a monster? And, and can she do both? 
And I loved on, as I was doing some research before our conversation on your website, I loved this, this quote, drowning in the reality of her new life, Eileen is forced to make a choice, live forever, or once again, face death, except living might cost her everything she wanted to remain alive for. If you could live forever, would you? Mm -hmm. I love that. That got like, that just got me thinking, sitting here going, wow, if I could, what, yeah, what would be the, so what an interesting way to play that out. Mm -hmm. Um, when you, when you had this idea in your head, you know, I, so, so let me go back. When I think of vampires, I, I love the vampire lore. I think of, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think of mm-hmm. uh, Lestat and, and Anne Rice's saga. And then I think of this new version of Twilight. And I haven't read Twilight or have I watched the movies. Um, but it's just interesting to me to see these things play out. How did you think about that when it was time to write this book then that, that you wanted to take on this extremely long lore that is part of humanity, but make it your own. How did you reconcile that in your head? How, what, what was kind of your first step of taking that on? Uh, my first step was a lot of research. Uh, first, I wanted to see, is there already books or movies about vampire moms? Um, I didn't find much. Um, and so then I thought, okay, well, why don't I didn't, at that point, I hadn't really read or watched many vampire um, uh, stories. So uh, it was at that point that I just, I did some research. And as I developed my character, I still wanted her to be her own uh, vampire and her own self. Um, so I did pull from different stories as I went along, not like took from the stories, but the the inspiration behind it. So I have these like beautiful creatures like in Twilight where um, they're capable of making these choices of, of giving into their monsterness or being fairly human, um, learning that control. And then I also really liked the introspective, um, way that Anne Rice wrote her vampires, which they kind of do the same thing. Like I am this evil creature, but can, am I evil? Am I good? Um, I, I feel like that was the whole, uh, I've only read interview with a vampire so far, but I felt like there was a lot of that introspective that I liked because it really mirrors just humanity in general. And so for me, I took um, the vampire story line as just a kind of a metaphor for change that we go through in life. Um, Do you become a monster from what happens to you? Do you stay human? Like, is there, uh, is there a way to combine the two because, and, uh, and how do you move forward with that? And, and gosh, what a deep, way to think about it as it as it does mirror humanity because mm-hmm. we can be monsters things can be done to us or we can make our choices mm-hmm. and what an interesting way to 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 pull that out and look at that um autumn what do you love about telling stories what what does it mean to you i think telling stories can be deeply personal um and that's <clears throat> so it's going to be different probably for every person uh, for me, telling stories is first telling the story to myself. Um, how does this connect with me? How Because I think there is like a human <clears throat> kind of connection between everybody. And if it connects with me, there's a good chance it's going to connect with somebody else. Um, maybe not in the exact same way, but maybe a little bit of a similar way. Um, and so I think when telling stories, being truthful to yourself, um, and being truthful to the story, even though it's fiction, um, keeping those basic, in a sense, human truths to it, I think I think it'll read through. And so I, I, I love that about storytelling. And I love um, 
the exploration and how I've learned so much about myself through writing this story, through exploring other story ideas I've had. Um, just as I feel like I've learned um, a lot about myself or others through reading other stories from other people. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so if that's what you love about it, on the flip side, what's one of the most frustrating things? What's your biggest challenge when it comes to storytelling? My biggest challenge is getting it from my head to mm. the paper. Um, <laughs> keeping that focus, keeping that drive. Um, I get really distracted very easily because in my head, like I don't start writing until I have like my beginning and my ending. And then it's almost like once I have that, I'm like, Oh, I have the story now. But the problem is I haven't written it down yet. So <laughs> it doesn't seem to disappear when I decide I have the story mm. really haven't figured out why that doesn't happen. But <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, so, so my, my challenge is focus. Um, and I, I've, I try to, to battle that on a regular basis because um, having three kids at home and I, I work part-time uh, in a salon as a hairstylist and I run a group for uh, moms that write. And so I, I have a lot of things I can distract myself with that are positive things or useful mm -hmm. things. Um, TV is also a great distraction. <laughs> so it's Indeed. getting myself to sit down and focus um, yeah. is my biggest challenge. Right on. So you mentioned uh, Writer Moms Inc., your mom's group. Um, let's unpack that a little bit. What got you to thinking about starting that? Uh, when I very first started writing, it was back in like 2016. Um, I'd already been kind of trying to write this book for almost a year at that point. And I realized it's really lonely. Writing can be very lonely. And I live kind of up in the mountains at the time. Uh, my children were like two, three, and four. They were little. I felt uh, very stuck at home a lot just because taking that many small children out anywhere <laughs> is a lot of work. And <laughs> I live like 30 minutes from the nearest grocery store. So it's kind of like a, everything was a trek. Everything felt like a really big ordeal. So I stayed home a lot and I started finding, um, kind of little bits of community through Facebook and through uh, social media. And it was around this time I had met a writer named Jenny Bravo through, I think I met her through Instagram and she was talking uh, a lot about writing community. And this was like a new kind of concept to me, writing community. Cause I'm already new to writing. And so it's kind of uncovering these little gems that are out in the world. Hmm. And uh, she did a workshop for writers on finding your tribe. And when I did that, I met four women who were also moms and we were kind of started talking to each other just about how there's not really much out there for moms that write. There's a lot out there for writers, um, but for the parents, those full-time parents who are trying to balance their children, balance writing, balance laundry, balance working. Um, what is there for them? Because you have a lot of writing advice. That's great advice. It's like, just shut the door and write. Well, you can't always do that when you have a family. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, how do you balance that? And so we were like, well, there's no, there's not much out there for that. And I was like, well, why don't we start that? So I went on Facebook, started a group called Writer Moms Inc. And that was back in March of 2016. And, um, it has just grown. We are now at over 1100 members in our Facebook group and hopefully that'll just keep growing. Um, yeah. so it's mainly for writing moms. However, we do have some writing dads that have not found, uh, 
their right connection and what they've been looking for. And so it's definitely open to parents because I think most parents can identify with that struggle. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. We, we have a um, presence on Twitter where we do a weekly uh, chat right now. It's a weekly um, question of the week where we just kind of put a question out there every Monday and people can discuss it throughout the week. Um, I tried to figure out the Instagram for that one and that one's still a challenge for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't know how you do a, an Instagram group. It might be kind of hard. Yeah. It's more of, I, I thought like, Oh, I'll make it a bookstagram. And that way if people want their books that are part of the group to be on it and then that just got really complicated. So that's on hold for now. It's there, but it's on hold. Yeah, right on. Well, it's cool though that you're inventive and thinking new and how to how to connect and communicate. So that's really cool. Good luck with that one. Um, <laughs> so so writer writer moms Inc started on social media and because of social media, how else has social media shaped our storytelling craft here in the modern age? Do you think? Mm, well. I think aside from giving us a wider reach on a daily basis, um, visually, um, even just looking at feeds of, Hey, I can look up what does, um, an Island in the mid Pacific look like I can just go on maybe social media or go on or find someone to connect with in that area. Or there's a lot of reach you have that we didn't have, uh, before, I mean, it was probably there, but it's like, go to the library, go research mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, visually too, I use Pinterest a lot. Um, because like I said earlier, I'm a really visual person. So sometimes if I, if I feel a mood, I can sometimes find a picture that like captures that. And then I have to sit there, or stare at it forever and figure out, well, how do I put that, that mood and that visual into words, <laughs> which is sometimes a challenge, but, um, it gives great inspiration for me to do that. Um, yeah. As far as how social media helps create stories, I don't know. I think it just helps feel that connection. So for myself, I don't feel as alone in the story writing process. Um, I found my critique partner through social media. Um, hmm. And while we have never met in person, we've worked together for a few years now and it's been fun to see uh, each other grow and kind of encourage each other along as we write our stories together. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's cool because I've learned over all these interviews I've done with this, stories connect us um but on, on, on the same vein so does social media mm -hmm. i mean there's such like you said earlier autumn it, it's such a, a huge reach that we have you can research you can connect you do all these things social media can connect us um and, and yet we complain about it all the time too is well i'm gonna take a break from facebook because it's so negative or twitter is a wasteland of blah 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 and like there's so much negativity or our attention spans are so terrible because of social media, but it sounds to me like you've had a great experience with social media um, instead of a negative one. How do you, how do you make that happen? How do you lean into the positive side of it? I have to make very conscious choices. Um, I've really curated my Facebook. I've really curated my Instagram um, as far as what I see. Um, there's definitely negative out there. There is definitely, um, things that maybe you don't want to see on a daily basis, but mostly my Facebook consists of other writers. Um, I don't really use it for any personal connections anymore as far as like 
I feel like Facebook kind of started out as that, like, oh, you have your friends. And I have like a personal Facebook account, but I don't have that really open to anybody. Um, so I use, I just mainly use that so I can use my page for my writing and then for Writer Moms Inc. group. Um, and so I think part of it for that is I, I'm not on it for any personal things like arguing or, or trying to tell someone they're wrong. You know, I just, I don't do that. That's not what I view as, um, a good purpose for myself for social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to take in things that are positive, even though there is definitely negative in the world. And I don't try to ignore that, but when it comes to social media, there's only so much you can actually do to change the world. Why not just be positive about it? Mm -hmm. So, um, I try to stay out of opinions. I try to stay out of those things that like that, cause that's not my purpose with my Instagram or with Facebook. It's, it's stories, it's writing, it's, um, connecting over books, um, connecting as parents who write. And now they have a place to be where I'm, I'm really thankful for how writer moms Inc has been so far having so many people in a private group where very easily, um, differences of opinion could end up clashing. Um, but so far people have just been open and understanding and connecting over that thing we're there for, which is storytelling and writing mm -hmm. and parenting. Yeah. Um, so I've been very knock on wood, grateful, um, that, that, that connection stayed, um, pretty awesome considering just the vast diversity of people and points of view that are in that group. And yeah. I really, I definitely appreciate that group for that. Um, so as far as how, like I've had a good experience with social media has just been a practice of letting go of the things you, you can't do anything about mm -hmm. staying out of things that I don't belong in <laughs> and um, just letting other people be themselves because sometimes someone just needs to say something and maybe it's not the right thing to say. That's not my job to tell them. Um, maybe mm -hmm. they just needed to, get it out there and process it. And that's how they work. Um, right. so I feel like overall I've, I've tried to keep really, I've tried to keep it a safe place for myself, um, to connect with others in, and hopefully people see that through my social media. But, um, but yeah, I've always, I always get so sad when someone has a really negative experience with it because that is out there, but it doesn't have to be in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so in the social media realm still, um, you, you've done a, a great job of being positive and surrounding yourself with that. The haters probably still come out. Um, and I feel like maybe this might be stereotypical, especially about Twilight, right? Like they make fun <laughs> of it in movies or in TV and like, I'm sure there are haters out there. What do you do as that storyteller when that's such a personal way to put yourself in the, out into the world? How do you work through that and deal with that kind of stuff? I think part of it is um, a lot of authors I follow, they swear by never going on Goodreads, um, <laughs> seeing That's your negative reviews. Smart. <laughs> um, now, I don't do that. I go on Goodreads. <laughs> um, but since I only have one book out, it's only been out since May. Um, and now it's, it's technically out, but not out. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have reviews on there, and thankfully a lot of them have been really positive. But I have had a couple that are like a one star and then there's no explanation or there's um, like, I got a two star with an explanation, but I, I just try to respect that it's not going to connect with everybody. I can't tell you why Twilight connected with me, but it did. 
someone else it's not going to connect with. Um, there's a lot of movies and, and books out there that people just love that I just don't connect with. Doesn't mean I have to hate it, <laughs> but um, right, right. some people just like to voice that, um, and that's okay. So <laughs> I try to let that slide. Um, not everyone is going to connect with my vampire mom. There's definitely cheesy vampire stuff in this book because it's a vampire book. Um, <laughs> don't expect classic literature. <laughs> like I don't write that way. I don't. Um, I I try to be real, but also keep it fun because when I read a story. I want to have fun. I want to get introduced to a different world that I want to live in for a little bit and then go home because usually those other worlds are kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, all it's right. all in perspective and, and just knowing it's so, so subjective and it's not you. Like this is a part of you and your story that you've written, but it's not you. They're not saying, Autumn, I hate you. You're a terrible person. They just maybe don't like my writing. And I have to accept that, <laughs> right. you know, so it doesn't eat you up inside. Yeah. And if they do really hate you, whatever, your husband adores you and your kids adore you and your family <laughs> yeah, and your friends, yeah. right? Like, come on. I don't truly know those people. I can't right. control their feelings. And I also, I think what stories taught me too is um, as writing, each character I try to write they have their own good sides, bad sides, things they're figuring out, things that happen to them that have accumulated into who they've become or who they're becoming. Mm -hmm. Some people, maybe they've had something in their life that just made them jaded towards other things. And I can't control that. And they probably can't either. So they're, you know, they're just living their own life, figuring it out. And hopefully it, yeah, sometimes things come out negative from people, but I don't, I try not to hold it against them. They have their mm -hmm. own story. They have their own things they're going through. And I can't, I can't change that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great, great perspective. That's a good balance. Yeah. Um, so your, your book's been out since May mm -hmm. and you're, you've got your writer's group and everything's going pretty well. How are we supposed to today in this noisy world with all the stuff going on, get our stories out there? What do you struggle with every, every day? There's a lot of ways. So definitely getting it out there. Um, getting my book out there was a struggle because um, in the aftermath of vampires and twilights and all that, which was kind of the late 2000s, <laughs> um, I'm kind of late to the game on that. And I kept hoping for a comeback, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. <laughs> uh, but there's still enough people out there who I'm, I'm hoping like vampires that will uh, still want to connect with that. But uh, I queried my book for well over a year and uh, got a lot of no's. Um, I think that's good preparation for having your book out is getting all those rejections uh, before it even comes out. How you can deal with that and process that and not take it personally. Um, but I had 122 rejections from my book, wow. which I bought a house plant for each one. And now I have an insane amount of house plant, but my home is very green. <laughs> well, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I kind of didn't realize I was doing that all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, I'm get, I'm buying plants. Like every time I get an email saying, I don't want your book. And I'm like, huh, okay, we'll just go with this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I struggled to get my story out there. And when it finally did get picked up, it was really exciting. Um, I got picked up by a small press and then they released my book and then some things kind of started falling apart with the press and I was given the option to take my rights back. Um, 
which I did. And I'm, I'm glad I did. I think it was for the best, but it was kind of disheartening that happened late November. So my book really wasn't out in the world that long when kind of things fell apart on that end, which it is this, the, the, um, the risk you take going with a small press, um, unagented, um, and it's, it's been a really big learning and eye-opening experience that I'm glad I went through. Um, I don't regret it. It's definitely been hard to process through, especially where you're like, my book was out and now it's technically not. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, processing through that, like, am I a good writer? Like, did this person pick up my book because they actually liked the story and believed in it or seeing how things fell apart and how things kind of went down? was it something worthy of being actually published? So I've had to kind of work through that over the holiday break and all that stuff. And um, when I finally decided, okay, I will republish this. I do want this book out there. Um, I put it for free on my website. So you can actually read it online for free um, from my website. There's a couple different uh, files you can download of it. Um, the PDF one works the best. That's what I found. But uh, so I've, I'm like, okay, it's out there still. And while I work on kind of cleaning up things that got missed in uh, edits and and just kind of, um, I, I'm going to just release it on my own and kind of go that route. And I feel like from the people I've met during this process of uh, seeking publication, I've, I've, it's really helped grow in confidence that I can do this um, because I have a sequel for this book. Mm. And so a sequel without a publisher, that's kind of hard. So, um, and also selling a book already published is near impossible. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, so I, it's the free route right now as I re, um, kind of re-edit it and re-release it and then, uh, writing that sequel, which, that all kind of took a little bit of a back burner because I had to, I had to pro writers are very emotional people. <laughs> yes. So you take some hits and you got to like regroup and reprocess and realize, okay, if, if you really believe in this story, you put it back out. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Yep. Interesting, man. Well, I'm sorry that it's been up and down like that, but what a, what a great <laughs> learning experience, right? It was a really good, it, it taught me for the future. I have some other stories that are very um, separate from this genre I'm currently writing in, which is technically women's fiction, but it's, you know, paranormal, speculative. So I have some fantasy ones uh, that I'm working on that I will hopefully seek uh, literary agents for in the future. And I've, I've learned a lot of what to look for in that, um, that I didn't mm. understand before. Um, so I think, I think the process has been helpful for moving forward in my career as a writer that hopefully will be good. And if, if I don't get anything for those ones, I'll already have them already set up self-published. So yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, so what's your advice then for the storytellers thinking about that <clears throat> next step? Um, you mentioned literary agent. We talked about self-publishing, all the other things. Like what is your first piece of advice to someone that you could reach back to and, and help along? I think my biggest advice is to stay open and never pretend that you know everything. Um, read as much as you can, books, read about books. Um, uh, really know your story too, the one that you're writing, really understand it, what your story is and what you wanna see happen with your story. Is it just something you want people to read that you wanna just put it on like a, like a free platform and people can just read it? Or do you wanna make this like a career? Do you wanna see your book on Barnes and Noble? Do you wanna, like what is your vision? And then um, from that, find the right people, find the right support, um, for, for pursuing that. 
Good advice. There's a lot of different avenues. Um, and yeah. there's no wrong avenue minus to just not write the story you want to write. Very good. Um, so Autumn, if you, you, you've had this up and down, you've had this, this, this interesting journey, lots of twists and turns. It's um, very been plot twisty lately. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like you're living inside of a book right now. Um, I know. Or a Quentin Tarantino film. I'm not sure which. Anyway. Oh, I don't uh, want to be in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, once I, since it's on my mouth, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be in that one either. That's a little no. too. Um, but wh- what does, if you think about the future and what making it looks like, how do, what do you picture? What does making it look like to you as an author and a storyteller? I think uh, my grand scheme making it is seeing my book become a movie or uh, like a Netflix series or something. That's like, Big, big, big. Realistically, it's just having readers that connect with the story. Um, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> I like Overall. This. Yeah. But if we're thinking big, I want to see this on the big screen. Of course. <laughs> and interesting that you also threw in there or a Netflix series or, or production. Because like yeah. now, I mean, shoot, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon yeah. Prime, like they are legitimate studios now. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just and never they're, know. They're putting out some great stuff, like right. really good stuff. Yeah. Very distractible for us writers. Um, it's, it's learning. It's work. It's research. Right. Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm researching. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm been watching TV. I'm like, I'm researching. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to get to my last question here in just a minute, but I want to I make sure that everybody gets a chance to connect with you. Where do you send everyone to make sure they get to connect with you, Autumn? Um, the first place to you would be my website. It's autumnlindsay.com. Um, second would be Instagram. Um, those are the things I use the most. Um, the website has kind of where to find me on it. Um, but Instagram uh, is what I use most often. Um, and that one is autumnlindsayauthor is my handle for Instagram. Gotcha. All right. I'll make sure those are in the, uh, the show notes for us too. Mm-hmm. So Adam, if somebody were to tell you today that you can no longer be a storyteller and you got to find something else to do, um, what would your last story be that you'd want to go out on? Hmm. Well, probably it would be the one I wrote <laughs> because <laughs> I can't get myself to focus long enough to finish another one. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is the only question I tried to think about ahead of time. And I'm like, man, I don't know how to answer this. Um, if I could only tell one story, um, Maybe I would just tell my own, like just mm-hmm. write a little memoir about how to pretend you're a writer, <laughs> how to just kind of go for it and see what happens. And, um, uh, maybe that connects with someone and maybe that's encouraging. Maybe it's not, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I like to write stories that have, truth in it but also a lot of fiction and fantasy mixed in between and but with hopefully an overall message that like what do you want and how do you get it and what is the cost of of getting those things um Mm. good or bad yeah how to pretend to be a writer i like that (laughs) that'll be my next book (laughs) perfect memoir Autumn, thank you so much for being a part of the Storytellers Network. This was a lot of fun. Learned a ton. Uh, looking forward to see the, the big things to come for Eileen and for Autumn both. Well, thank you. Once again, Autumn, thank you so much for joining me for this great conversation. Check out her website. Connect with Autumn at 
all in the show notes. She's over at uh, autumnlindsay.com. Her social media is in the show notes. All that's there. So make sure you connect with Autumn and check out her story, Remaining Eileen. So there you have it, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it with someone who might also enjoy it. Sharing is caring, in it? Uh, personal notes and email, social media, however you share, share and share away. I appreciate it very much. Let's change the world through story together, shall we? And if you want to share your story with me, go to thestorytellersnetwork.com to connect with me or email me directly, dan at thestorytellersnetwork.com. Thank you for joining me on this journey today. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.